what would you wear if the stakes if the stakes were zero? And I'm sure a lot of people are listening now saying like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. You know, I know that when I wear black every day, it doesn't feel like me, but it's the fastest decision I can do to get myself from not dressed to dressed yeah. and moving on with my life. Yeah. Um, but they don't really know. And, and I think maybe what Hannah and I are encouraging people who are listening is to think, what if you just paid attention to it for a week, two weeks, three weeks? What kind of inventory would you come up with of things that you really like? Welcome to Medium Lady Talks. I'm your host, Erin Vandeven. I'm a millennial and mother trying to build the place in the world that's made for me while fighting burnout, living intentionally, and embracing gratitude, even when I'm grumpy. Here on Medium Lady Talks, we visit the topics and practical tips that will help you maximize self-discovery and minimize self-judgment so you can finally get momentum building the life you know is possible in this post-pandemic world. On this podcast, you can expect we'll get deep while having fun, and whether you're burnt out like a dog in a dumpster fire or celebrating your best life daily, you'll find the conversations, prompts, and tools I know will be helpful on your own personal healing journey. So stay tuned for my deep dive solo shows and interview episodes with dear friends and expert guests. Together, we'll make sure you have what you need to build the place in the world that's made for you. I'm so glad you're here. So let's jump in. Hello, hi, and welcome to Medium Lady Talks. I'm your host, Erin, and today is episode 91. We're talking with my guest, Hannah Donnelly from Hannah Lee Style, and we're going to be continuing the series on how to get out of your own way, and we're going to take a unique point of view on how to get out of your own way. We're going to get out of your head, because I think the last couple episodes have been all about the way that we talk to ourselves, the way that we get in our own way when it comes to the thoughts that we think and the beliefs that we have. And we're going to be thinking about externally, about how we externally express ourselves through style or how maybe we wish we could or we're expressing something that maybe we weren't intending to express. But first, let me welcome my guest. Hannah Donnelly is the owner of Hannah Lee Style. She's a personal stylist helping moms look and feel good without wasting so much time and energy. Hi, Hannah. Welcome to Medium Lady Talks. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Hannah, you and I have been following each other on Instagram back and forth for a little while, and I really love your approach. You're very accessible. You take a really interesting approach to source products for your clients. And yeah. so I reached out. You also have your own podcast. Okay. Before we dive in, I guess, to this idea of getting out of your own way when it comes to style, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about who you are and what you're all about? Yeah. So... I have been a stylist for over, oh gosh, almost 15 years, which just seems so wild. But as an entrepreneur, you know, I don't know, those first three to five years, they're <laughs> tough. So yeah, I really, I help women, especially with capsule collections. And my version of capsule collections is a little bit different than I think what most people hear when they hear that term. You know, I think a lot of people are like used to the neutrals mm -hmm. and the list, the list, quote unquote, like you should have a trench coat and a black paint, whatever. I don't, I don't adhere to that, right? Mine is really just that everything mixes and matches easily. So people can go to their closet, like practically in the dark and mm. get dressed and feel really good and quickly, right? Like, I don't want it to be a bunch of 
I just don't want people to have to think more because sometimes, whew, especially as moms, those mornings, you know, like sometimes we just, you need the 10 seconds and you got to get dressed, right? And to feel good because I do think that just, damn, it makes a difference throughout your day of how you show up. And I really believe that, right? My grandma was my true style icon growing up. Mm. Like just, my gosh, she looked so put together always. And I think what I appreciated the most about her was she was in a really small town, uh, kind of a farm town, yet she always had her style. Like she just showed up to true personal style and something obviously really resonated with me for that, right? Like registered and I just grew up really appreciating the art of style, and I kind of dove in, right? Which that's a whole nother thing. But I mean, um, that was, she was my first inspiration for that. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about getting people to the place where they see something online, like a capsule collection. And I've, I've bought into that where I think, oh, I should have mm-hmm. 30 pieces yeah. that are on Pinterest they look beautiful in these beautiful flat lay photographs. Yeah, yeah. And if I could just aspire to that capsule, then maybe my decision fatigue, my sense of ease in my own body, the way that I might glide through the day would all come into place if I could, you know, put together the puzzle of my own wardrobe. And you said you take a little bit of a different approach to a capsule collection. How do you how do you do that? Yeah, so mine is really just a I shop at least five stores, five different stores. Tends mm-hmm. to be tends to be seven. But I, I shop five to seven stores, right? And I really just focus in so I have the consult call with clients and that says a lot for them. There's kind of two routes typically that folks are in and it's either that they know their style already and they just need a refresher. Mm. The other case is often if people don't really know their personal style and they're kind of like dipping their toes in for the first time. And I find that generally with younger folks or often sometimes moms when they're kind of in the refresh stage or kind of like what's next and how do I want to show up, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas I think the older folks, and I mean like 50 to 65, they have had a sense of their style for quite some time. So for me, I really need to first get clear on which category you're in, right? Which route do you want to go? So then we kind of have those conversations. And from that, I just try to gather as much information. Realistically, what does your day look like? So what you said about the social media thing is, is you know, Pinterest is so good and also so bad because I think <laughs> we see all these images and it's like, oh yeah, I would, I would love that or I do love it. But realistically, are you going to wear that? Right, right. Like, it's just such a different, and so I'm just trying to really get clear about what will you actually wear versus what you aspire to. You know, there's a difference between what I think you aspire to wear or what what's realistic. Sometimes I find myself actually a little too realistic, which I think is both good and bad. Problem, you know, it's like yeah. Sometimes I struggle with that, right, for clients or myself even. Of okay, so you really like this outfit or this image. But how can we do that in a way that really does work for you? Yeah. You know, can you say more about that? Because I think, you know, there's somebody who might work with you and say, I'll just bring Hannah all of the images. Mm -hmm. Yes. And Hannah will shop for those images. Yeah. And that will get me past the hurdle of having all the puzzle pieces fit together. And then you come back at them and say... Let's get real. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> how does that how does that go? Like where do you think 
the disconnect happens for people? Yeah, that's such a great question. I think really digging into what is your everyday life actually look like? Like, are you showing Mm -hmm. up to an office? Are you dropping the kids off? Are you taking a mile walk before you have to, you know, to drop Mm. the kids off before school? I had one gal that bikes a lot, right? So she's like, my clothing needs to be bike friendly and also look professional. And so when you find out those kind of details, the more information, the better, right? Especially if you're working with a stylist, we can just really see what do you need? And also that even has to do with like fabrications, right? For the biking example, you know, it's like what fabrics breathe well, so then she's not showing up super sweaty or freezing around, you know what I mean? Like there's so many variables. And I think that is, it's like a little bit of detective work, which is probably one of the parts (laughs) that I love, right? Because I think it's like such a glimpse into people's actual lifestyles versus what sometimes social media thinks, or we see on social media, right? Which is not always realistic. How much do you have to parse out what people want to be true and what is actually true? Great question. Damn, that's such a good question. (laughs) Yeah, because I think that's so more it's, you know, like, I want to say, if I was to do a scale, it's always higher, right? Like parsing out Mm. what people what people think they want, versus what they actually really want or need. You know, it's such a sometimes it's such a disconnect. And I think that can be the hardest part for people often if hiring me or when hiring me. Yeah, because they have a visual in their head of what they think they want. And I just try to get really clear of like, do you actually want that? Or what do you like about that? Right? Because sometimes I'm trying to think of an outfit that's let's just you know, it's like a striped sweater and a jean or whatever. And yeah, perfect example. Yeah. And they see it and they're like, I love this. And so I'm like trying to get clear on what do they love about it? Is it the actual style? Is it the cut of the sweater? Or is it the colors? Or does it make them feel happy, etc? Right? And then trying to figure out those details to really make the wardrobe that I actually shop for come alive for them and be representative yeah. of what they want, you know? How much of that is like peeling back the layers of someone's identity in a way that's been maybe a mystery to them? A lot. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and especially, like I said, when I'm usually those two categories that people fall into of like not knowing their personal style. And a lot of it is also, let's be real, like nobody ever really teaches you how to find your personal style or mm. encourage you necessarily to pay attention to your likes. So I've been really encouraging people lately, especially if you have an outfit that you love, start taking pictures. Because if you can eventually find details of those outfits that you like, and there starts to be some themes you're going to notice, that is such helpful information for you, whether you hire a stylist or if you're trying to do it yourself, right, which most people probably are. So I am like, obviously visual person, right? So but yeah, if you can just keep taking notice and be aware of what you actually like and feel good when you're wearing it versus Mm -hmm. seeing on the outside world and social media and all that, right? Yeah, seeing it on a model who doesn't have your body type, doesn't have your lifestyle, was literally had their photograph taken while somebody was holding the back of the jacket. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, all of those those tricks, which I'm sure you're aware of. Yeah. Can we go back to something you said? No one encourages you to pay attention to your likes. Mm-hmm. That's a big problem. Yeah. Where do we get that message? Yeah, that's a great question. Where do we get that message? Um, 
Because I think one of the things about, you know, getting in your own way is about playing small. Mm. We're playing to the expectations of what a woman is and isn't in broader society. You know, you talked about your grandma. She lived in a small farm town where she took the risk of embracing her personal style, made her stand out in a way that she probably wasn't supposed to. I'm assuming a couple generations behind us, you know, probably very much conditioned to not stand out and taking a risk or trading off on her personal self-worth and her personal expression Mm -hmm. at the risk of judgment or expectations from others. You know, I think if I think about myself, I'm often, I notice that if I wear something I feel really good in, I might get more comments on that day. Hey, you look great today. Oh my gosh, I love your dress. Oh, you have great style. In a way that also gives me a message that like, are you taking up too much space today? Yes. Are you expressing yourself in a way that's out of the norm or that's maybe putting you in a place that feels too risky? Yeah. And when you say no one encourages you to pay attention to your likes, I just think that that has been something that I did for years and years and years until I realized that I was trading off too much of myself for Mm. other people to keep other people comfortable. Yeah. You know, even in my own home, I have three sons, you know, they love to bro down. They're all into all the dude stuff. Yeah. And I just want to decorate my Christmas tree with felted woodland mice ballerinas. Of course you do. (laughs) Right? Because I like felted woodland creatures wearing costumes. Yes. Love it. It was in some ways paying attention to the fact that I like that and they might not like that and saying, that's okay. I don't, I don't need to worry about them not liking it. I need to pay attention to the fact that I do like it. Mm -hmm. Gave me permission to sort of inhabit a space of my own identity. Love it. And that was like weirdly uncomfortable. Yes. What you said about receiving compliments, I think that, or just receiving, right? Especially as women, it is so Mm. hard for us, society. And we have been programmed and almost trained. Yeah, it's to your point of like, you don't take up space right or don't like did you see barbie did you see the barbie movie oh did i see right? it loved it yeah, yeah. like don't be too thin or don't be too fat yeah. or don't be too big or don't be too small and it's so it's so true and i even tell people right that like when they're before they work with me kind of like are you ready to kind of stand out in a little bit of a different way and you might get noticed and it might be uncomfortable right because mm. you're going to be showing up differently and i promise you you likely will be right and i think for all of us, or a vast majority of us, it is still challenging to receive, like truly receive mm-hmm. compliments. And who knows what, well, we probably all know what that's about. But, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a practice. It's like anything else in life of like developing developing that muscle. And yeah, I love that really just showing up. You said it so beautifully. Yeah. And it's encouraging yourself to take, give yourself permission too. Yeah, that it's okay to to show up and be bold or wh- or whatever it is, right? Yeah. 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 Does anyone ever come to you and say, I want you to style me so I don't stand out or so that I fit in or so that nobody notices me? No, but people do say, you know, typically I'm, I have an intake form and pre-consult and people certainly have said, I find myself wearing a lot of black or whatever color it is to stay more hidden. Mm-hmm. And then I try to decipher again, well, is it because you like black and you like being, or is it like you just, you don't know what else to do or how to show up in a way that's mm-hmm. you, you know? So again, it's like really deciphering it, but no, nobody's ever said like, 
I like to st- I mean, but certainly, actually, okay, I'm going to back up. Because, yeah, I think people will certainly say, I don't want to stand out too much. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, I'm I'm like, well, what does that mean? You know, because it's, so, <laughs> it's so different per person, right? Yeah. Like, somebody could wear red lipstick, and to them, that's their everyday versus other people are like, oh, gosh, a red lipstick? That's crazy for me, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And that's the fun thing about style. Why I love it so much because it is so person to person. Yeah. When you said before, you know, people have to parse apart what they think they want and what they actually want. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's the reverse. They know what they actually want or they hear it calling to them, Mm. but they don't actually think they have permission to go after what they want. Yes. Red lipstick is a great example. I'm so glad you brought that up because... For some people, they say, nice for her, not for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to use the female gender. Right. But I think, nice for them, not for me. Yeah. Even though they look great. And wow, I love red lipstick on women. But I can't wear red lipstick. I won't wear red lipstick because... And then they just, they never do wear the red lipstick, even though they're drawn to it. Yeah. They're always admiring it. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a fine line of for lack of better language, just experimenting, right? I encourage people, especially if they're in that situation, I kind of just say, what is the worst case scenario? So you try Mm -hmm. something for one day. And you know what, afterward, if you're like, Oh, gosh, I won't do that again. Or maybe you're gonna say, that was so much fun. And (laughs) I had such a good, you know, like it it Mm -hmm. really is. And that's why I tell people all the time too. sometimes, you know, hanger appeal, something on a hanger looks like, you know, looks awful. And then you put it on, you're like, whoa, I would have never thought that, right? Of course, during my fittings, that's probably the most common phrase, right? Like, I would have never tried that on. And I love it. Mm -hmm. And that is why I do what I do, right? Because it's really encouraging people to step outside the box a little bit. But more so just you got to try things on. And I believe that in everything about life. You really never know until you do it. If you're if you if you want to do it, I'm a big proponent, like you got to fail or or experiment sometimes because otherwise, like, what is the point of this life? My, you know, in my opinion, I love that you said before you have to practice. Yeah. And I think that goes back to your comment about like, what do you like? Mm. That might take a couple weeks of attention. Oh, for sure. To, to land on something. You know, it makes me think of a long time ago, I was chatting with my therapist because I said, you know, my husband has all these things in common with my kids Mm. and I don't have anything in common with my kids. And she said, what would you share with them if you had the chance? Mm. And I was like, well, I don't really know. (laughs) Great question, therapist. I don't really know. What do I like? What would I want them to, to know about me and what I like? And that took a lot of practice getting comfortable with the I don't know question, you know, like, what would you wear if the stakes if the stakes were zero? And I'm sure a lot of people are listening now saying like, I don't know, I'm not sure, you know, I know that when I wear black every day, it doesn't feel like me, but it's the fastest decision I can do to get myself from not dressed to dressed yeah. and moving on with my life. Yeah. Um, but they don't really know. And and I think maybe what Hannah and I are encouraging people who are listening is to think, what if you just paid attention to it for a week, two weeks, three weeks? What kind of inventory would you come up with of things that you really like? And that may not even have to just be clothes or style. 
that might be like, you know what I really like is um, toast with jam. Yes. That's just something that I really like. And I never really paid attention to that. Or, you know, one thing that I really, really like is romance novels. Mm. And, you know, it's not something I paid a lot of attention to, but it is something that I really like. And then allowing those things to kind of like accumulate over time and be the space that you return to time and time again can be a really safe way of sort of practicing Love that. that. Yeah. And getting over that worst case scenario. Like, what is the worst case scenario if I hang my Christmas tree with woodland creatures? Yeah. Literally something that was stressful. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I was like, yeah. they're going to make fun of these. And they never did. And now they know every year I'm going to bring a few more woodland creatures onto the tree. I love it. And it's just like a joyful thing. Oh, mom's mom's ornaments. Here come mom's ornaments. Oh, yeah. look at that one. Oh, this one's new. This one's so funny. You know, and and all these things. And literally, the stakes could not have been lower, but the return was mm-hmm. massive. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. I don't know why I keep going back to these woodland creatures when we're oh, talking really about love personal them. style. <laughs> I do. You know what? It just goes back to the original conversation of awareness. I think that. We are so, I mean, damn, we're all so busy, right? Like life mm-hmm. fast and especially me with the scrolling on the phone and that has just become such a bad habit and I and it goes back to being aware for me especially, right? Or just the awareness of it. A girlfriend and I more or less stopped, we shared that we're going to stop shopping for a little bit um, mm. and the awareness it brought to things that I was buying because I just was like, yeah, I like it. You know, like I, I, I'm a stylist. I like it. But then it just became kind of, I can, I'll always like something. Let me tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the problem. That's not the problem. And it was such a good reminder of being aware and damn, it just really reminds you to pay attention. So if anybody needs to stop shopping, highly recommend that. And you get more creative. Okay, so tell me more about the stylist who stops shopping. So this might be your myth-busting a little bit. I think there's probably a few myths that people have about a stylist. There's a few, and maybe you can bust some of them or affirm some of them. The first one is that I think um, stylists uh, are always shopping. Mm -hmm. The second is stylists are always shopping new. The third is that um, stylists are expensive. Yeah, I'm definitely expensive. I I can tell okay. you that right now. Yeah, great. Yeah, I'm expensive. And uh, the second one, I love secondhand. So I inherited a lot of my grandmother's wardrobe when she died. Unfortunately, we were completely different body types. But damn, I made what I, I made what I could work and had repurposed <laughs> the others. And so I've always loved secondhand. And I'll be really honest with you, when I first started or probably like seven year, no, probably, yeah, seven years into into my business, I really wanted to do secondhand for people. But I was too scared because I didn't, I couldn't show receipts of my purchases. Because if you've ever shopped secondhand or thrift, you know, it's like chicken scratch. And also, sometimes they don't even do receipts, right? Yeah. And I was too scared to ask clients if that was something they'd be interested in. And then mm. I think three or four years ago, five years ago, I don't for I don't know whatever the time frame was I kind of was in my you know what I know what I'm doing and I've got this so down and I'm such a good shopper especially with thrift and secondhand and let me tell you it has taken off I mean clients love it I love it you never look like a mannequin you don't look like other people um, better environment better wallet I mean it's like 
Oh, I can't tell you. Like, I just love it so much. So now my collections are at least 40% secondhand, every collection. Wow. Yeah. I always try to do as much secondhand as I can. And of course, there's challenges with that, right? Like, sometimes I I hold on to that wardrobe because I can't, if they don't keep it, that kind of, you know, I hold yeah. on to it. Um, sizing, there's some sizing challenges. But for the most part, I try as much as I can to do secondhand. I love it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the first one, sh- shopping all – I went backwards. Um, shopping all the time. You know, it's funny. I think I kind of go in phases. Um, and that is the good and bad of my – is that I'm always shopping for clients. So that can be a little mm-hmm. tricky, right? But my mm-hmm. first no-buy was probably seven years ago. And I was getting my hair cut. And I was trying to, like, encourage I- – I was asking about going wavy. My hair is naturally wavy. And – I think I had just heard about the, oh gosh, I'm forgetting the curl, whatever. Um, And she was talking about doing something you're really scared of. And she was naturally so curly and she's a hairstylist, but she'd straightened her hair. And she said, it like really freaked me out. Somebody encouraged me to do this. Like, what are you, what are you really scared of? And she's like, I don't love my hair naturally curly, which was so funny because at the time I was trying to go curly, you know, and wavy. <laughs> and so as soon as she said that, honestly, I remember like sitting in that chair and I was like, I have to stop shopping. Like that is my truly scary thing is to stop shopping. I stopped shopping for six, it was 49 or 69. I think it was 49 days. That was the longest I've ever not shopped. And let me tell you, Oh, I mean, I got the most compliments I've ever gotten on my outfits because I was forced to be creative, right? And also to the awareness of being like, holy, I have so much wardrobe. And we all probably do, right? Accessories, shoes, all of it. That was a wild experience. And I tell people Mm -hmm. now, too, if you're considering even – I can't recommend not shopping enough. Like, I really just can't to take a pause because you really become aware of what you have. And I think that is one of the biggest – and whether it's good or bad too, right? You can become aware of like, oh, actually, I, I'm searching for this every day and I don't actually have it. But that's good information to know, to, right. to shop smarter, right? Yeah. And more intentionally, more intentionally. I think that's mm-hmm. like one of my biggest, if I can just tell anybody, you know, it's like to be intentional with, and that goes to personal style too, but shopping especially, right? Like, do you actually, do you actually need it? Will you wear it? Will it make a difference in your life, you know, versus just seeing a really great piece. And you're like, yeah, I love that. And I call those people like the, you know, grab and go shoppers at Target, like you're in the aisle and you're like, Oh, yeah, that's cute. Yeah, yeah, I don't love that. (laughs) And that's why a lot of people struggle with wardrobe when they get back to their closet. It's the grab and go shopping problem is, okay, so you have these now random pieces and nothing works together. And that's why you're standing in your closet. And you're like, I have nothing to wear, but it's overflowing. Right. You know, right, right, right. Yeah, right. We spend so much of our time on expressing ourselves with clothes. Mm -hmm. And yet, there's so many different ways that it's disconnected from who we are and our identities. One of the things is how we shop. The other thing is what we actually decide to wear every day. And then there's laundry and how much time we spend taking care of our garments. If we go back to sort of that convenience shop, the grab and go, mm-hmm. it's often driven by what kind of need? What is the sort of what is the belief that someone has when they grab something off the rack 
or they're appealed, they feel appealed to by the mannequin or by the storefront or by the designer or the price tag. What is the belief that sort of driving people to shop in a way that's disconnected from what they actually own and what they actually wear? Yeah, I think often in those scenarios, especially people that I can think of doing this, Mm -hmm. they have something to go to. They're like, oh, I have an event tonight or I'm seeing friends or okay. it's typically, yeah, I want to say event driven or something is happening where they're like, yeah, I need something new to feel whatever, you know. Okay, okay. Need something new to feel. Yeah, to feel. What do they want to feel? I mean, I even think for myself, I'm like, what do I want to feel when I'm buying something new, right? I mean, there's so there's so many routes we could go with that, right? Like, is it distraction? Yeah. Like, you want to feel distraction? And from what? Okay, well, then if you go deeper, oh, shit. You know, it's like, <laughs> uh, yeah. And I think that's also society, right? Like, we are incur- we are inundated with advertisements. I mean, my yeah. gosh, it's you can't go anywhere, right? And also, I struggle with that sometimes as a, as a shopper, right? I don't ever want to fall into the trap of encouraging people to shop because that is my job, right? <laughs> um, well, I do think some of it actually goes back to what you said earlier, which is about, you know, what do you think you want and what do you actually want? Yeah. And sometimes we shop because we feel this temporary sense of relief that we're a little bit closer mm. to our ideal self because we've purchased the garment that matches our ideal self, not our actual self. And we're like, oh, thank God, I'm not going to be that. This garment is going to bring me out of my shabby self or my tired mom self or my not stylish self yeah, or my, you know, whatever self that you're probably over inflating and talking down to yourself a little bit about whatever's going on in the present. And, and that that item usually brings this temporary sense of relief that like, you've solved the problem or you've made a step towards the ideal. But there's a lot of our present actual day-to-day lives that are really worth living. They're really great. They're exactly the way we've built them to be, you know, like you're a mom and you probably wanted to be a mom. So you like, you know, you worked hard to become a mom and you're, you know, your home or your career, you know, like I have a busy nine to five and that I really aspired to that. And I was really, really like, I, I really was really driven to get to that place, but that's my actual life. And sometimes it's like, you know, oh, this blazer is the blazer of somebody who's really on top of her email. Mm. And, (laughs) you know, not actually, but, but these are the things where we're sort of like, Oh, this is a blazer of somebody who doesn't have imposter syndrome at work, and and I need this blazer, um, and and maybe I do, and maybe I don't. But yeah. um, I do think that sometimes it gives us this temporary relief. Yeah. You said before, and I don't know if you mind going back to it, mm-hmm. that you're expensive. Mm-hmm. Do you want to say a little bit more about that? I think it's about the curiosity about who. Who pursues having a stylist? Okay, I love this. Okay. what What's the investment? Yep, my you don't have to my, say in a dollar amount, I but like- say in a dollar amount. I don't care at all. How does, it retu- how does it return for people? Yeah, love it. Totally. My brain's working. So I charge $2,500 for my service fee for my capsule collection. Mm-hmm. And most women on average, in addition to that service fee, are spending $3,500 to $5,500 in addition to that. Mm. And I tell- folks, On the clothes. On clothes, shoes, and accessories. And I tell folks that they'll walk away with 20 mix and match outfits from that. Mm-hmm. Um, some women, though, however, will spend 1500 to 1900 in addition to my service fee 
And for those, some of those women, it's more about the experience of being with me and me really Mm -hmm. hyping them up, showing them what works on them, discovering new brands and more of the experience versus the clothing itself, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because those are two just different. I mean, my, my folks that are getting the clothes to get the clothes are certainly still getting that experience. But some people want to lean in on like the learning aspect and just being with, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. I don't really know if I know how much other stylists charge, but I, I'm definitely one of the most expensive in our area that I know of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel very good about that. I have no, I have worked my ass off to be here. And yeah, and it's a lot of work. I think the back end, what people don't realize, whew, you know, somebody, one of my, one of my clients after, because she was so excited about all the second hand and she said something about thread up and I encouraged her to I love thread up but it is a beast to shop I mean my god mm. you know? but she said something about like I mean are you going through every page and sifting or how are you and I said pretty much like I know that sounds wild and some people are probably like well why would you do that it's blah 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 but first of all I love it right um but there are some days where I'm like 10 pages in looking at vests and I'm like what am I doing <laughs> this is crazy um but I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but I just know when I see something for somebody, just visually, it's like, that's it. Like, that is it for yeah. them, right? And I find that it gives me all the feels, right? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's like my true love of matching people with with how they want to show up and what they'll actually, actually wear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more about your personal journey to become a stylist. Yeah. Um, where did you go to school? How did you set up shop? What were the challenges? Yeah, I was raised in a very entrepreneurial family. So we were encouraged to do what we love, mm. which also I wow. am, I am, yeah, I'm very aware that is incredibly privileged too. I want to mm-hmm. note that, right? Because I don't necessarily know that's common. <laughs> um, no. My parents were definitely ahead of the curve when it came to life coaching and self-development at a very young age. So I was Mm -hmm. 14 when I had my first life coach. And in hindsight, you know, it was pretty wild. Uh, We were just really encouraged to do it love. So, you know, my grandma inspired me with the word love for wardrobe. She did really, really high end and also every day. So I was in college, I think towards the end of college, and my brother was like, if you could do anything, you know, what would you do? And I said, personal shopping. I mean, I would just love to do that. So he was a website designer at the time, and he put together my website. So I got really lucky in that regard, right? Because I looked way more professional. (laughs) I had no clue what I was doing. I when I first started, I didn't know how people were charging. I, I didn't know anything, right? So you're just making all this up, which is I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs do that, right? So my very one of my very first clients was my best friend's sister. And I remember, oh gosh, I brought everything to her house and I set up shop, you know, and she had her whole entire family there. And I just remember <laughs> thinking like, what is happening? There was like five people there and it just felt, oh God, I was so nervous, you know? Um, and then it just was slowly but surely. And then I did uh, photos that I thought I should do like before and after photos. In hindsight, my gosh, they were so bad. But the photographer <laughs> at the time that I was using, 
she said, have you ever thought about TV styling? And I didn't even know that was a job, you know, Mm -hmm. stylist for McDonald's, for example, or commercial work. And so she passed along a name to me. I reached out to this woman for six months straight. I will tell you what, persistence pays off, my friends, right? Mm. Like I cannot encourage people enough. I get quite a few emails from young folks reaching Mm -hmm. out about wanting to be a stylist and they email me once. And let me tell you how many emails we get. It's like, you got to follow up, right? Yeah. So I I reached out to her for six months and I was like, I just want to be on set. I don't even, I'll work for free, you know, whatever. And she's like, Mm -hmm. no, I'm going to get you on a job that will pay you, blah, blah, blah. So she, oh gosh, (laughs) she threw me to the wolves. The first, (laughs) in a good, in a really good way. But I, at the time I was scared shit, you know, I was like, whoa. So she put me on a job and she's like, you're going to take this rack to this, this room. I show up, there's like 50 chairs. I was sweating so much. I'm like, am I going to present to 50? I mean, I was like, literally sweating, but I was so nervous, you know, but at the time I had also previously had, I was in apparel, I was working for an apparel representative. So I could quote unquote show clothes. Like I felt very confident about that in selling. And so anyway, I went to that and then I found out those 50 chairs were to decide for the commercial, right? They were choosing out of all, they needed one chair. So it was not, not <laughs> it was one person. I met with one person and I was like, this is such a great kind of life lesson of talk about expectations, right? <laughs> so then I stayed on with her for up close to seven, eight years doing TV styling and advertising styling while I was building my one-to-one business. I, that was not my long-term goal to do the t- TV styling. That world was not my jam. I mm. people were so stressed and kind of mean, and it felt very like mean girls high school. Sh- you know, just like what? Um, yeah. And I was really of the mindset like we are dressing somebody for McDonald's people commercial, right? I was like, we're not saving lives here. Like this is not supposed to be stressful or it was just not, it was not my jam. I'm grateful that I, I was able to build my business doing it. Like it funded me financially, but yeah. Oof, and brutal. The hours were just like 13 hour days. And of course, I'm sure I had some great times, but at the end of the day, it was not what I wanted to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I kept going. And so here I am. Tell us about, do you mind me asking, what was your experience during the pandemic? Yeah, I don't mind you asking. So, of course, I panicked, right? I'm sure everybody did. Um, and I had been in a coaching group at that time, Mastermind, because I love that. I love education, um, love mm-hmm. growing. And I definitely was like, oh, shit, you know, I'm going to have to press pause on this uh, financially. Mm-hmm. So, Huh, I don't even remember what kind of the first year, but more or less, um, I had always wanted to do some online education, styling, you know, personal style education work. And a couple, who even knows how I got this idea, but I put out the, I think somebody actually reached out to me to do uh, styling workshops online for Zoom mm-hmm. for, for mm-hmm. corporate companies. And I was like, hell yes, I'll do that. That sounds great, right? So I started doing a couple of those and it was incredible. I will tell you, it felt like such a, not only a great opportunity, but it was great financially. And also I was like, oh, this is totally possible. Like you can, you can really connect with people over the, which is wild, right? And I think we all know that, but sometimes when you really know, you're like, oh, this is like really, this is incredible. So then after that, I kind of finally got the, 
motivation or whatever I needed to try to do the online. I tried to do an online school basically for styling and I did do that. I still have the course. I'm not sure what I want to do with it right now is the truth. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much I like about it. And there's also, I still think there's nothing that can replace the in-person experience, right? Sure. Sure. But I even still use some of the tools that I did for that course. Like I, you know, I have a personal style workbook and I use the heck out of that thing for clients and for myself. Um, So there's a lot of positives that actually came out of that during the pandemic, you know, of, oh my gosh, I don't want to go back, but (laughs) (laughs) no, no, no. (laughs) Uh, But it definitely, it just gave me, I think the push and the courage to try something that I'd been wanting to try for a while. Ah. And I'm also pretty good about that of pivoting and trying to stay positive mm-hmm. because I'm like, this is all we have, right? You can't do anything. Yeah. You couldn't do anything about that That when that happened, right? So if we look back and we look forward, what do you see in your future? What do you see in the next like three to five years? Great question. What do I see in the next three to five years? I would like to do more community events mm-hmm. or group gatherings mm-hmm. um what do i see in the next three to five years i, mean, I still want to be doing what i'm doing right uh, you know i yeah and that's good yeah. that's good yeah the question isn't meant to incite a sense of like having something bigger and better you know i think that i think that maybe maybe that's mis- a misleading question but i'm i'm always curious because I feel like we've all iterated our lives so many times yeah. in the last three years yeah. that it seems like the timeline for turnover is a little bit faster than it used to be. Mm. It used to sort of be like, and I did that for five to seven years, and then I moved on to something else. And now I'm observing people saying, like, I did that for three years, and then I moved into something else. Mm. So I'm just really curious about that, about yeah. how that's timeline is affecting like a little hint of wanting to open a store Mm -hmm. that has been with me for quite some time and then Mm. i and then i'm like oh i don't know do i (laughs) (laughs) Um, because there's so many yeah i think retail is probably not the most enjoyable experience for most people um but yeah you know i think especially with my love for secondhand i just i have Mm -hmm. a lot of i have ideas for that and Ultimately, I want to still just be doing with with what I'm doing. You know, I love being with my women and I'm so I'm so lucky. I've just the greatest people. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. If we could circle back and um, talk a little bit more about maybe your your final tips and thoughts for people who are getting in the way about expressing themselves in their personal style because they think, you know, um, oh, I could never. Yeah. Or they say like, oh, I would love to wear more dresses, but, yeah, you know, and those ideas kind of get in their own way. What's some of your advice for the audience about, you know, if you want to express yourself through clothes and style, here's a few ways to kind of stop talking yourself out of it. Love it. It's really about just trying it. Mm. Uh, experimenting, trying it on, practicing the muscle, because I think it's like anything else in life. You've got to just... You got to try it because how will we ever know? We will never know if you if you've never 
tried the dress or the skirt or the, you know, and whether that means you have to hire somebody to push you a little bit or, mm-hmm. or grab a friend, right? If you if you can't yeah. if you can't make the investment, grab a friend and say like, hey, can we really inspire each other to try something new? And and this is what I want to try, right? Um, and also secondhand is such a great opportunity for that because you don't have to spend a lot to try the dress. Mm. And that goes back to just also the awareness and the noticing. So I I still encourage people to, to find certainly pictures that you love or, and start to notice those themes of why do you love them? Right. Whether it's you're creating a Pinterest board or old school collage and cutting out magazines, you know, Um, and also of the outfits that you feel really good wearing. I think that I cannot encourage that enough of just taking photos of those just like, it doesn't have to be fancy. You can stand in front of a mirror and take a selfie, you know, but just to notice, like, what do I actually like about this outfit? And yeah, it's just really that noticing and being aware of it. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest first steps kind of moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I love that. It's really, you know, about simplifying mm-hmm. and getting back to your thoughts yeah. and uncomplicating the stories you're telling yourself about your clothes yes. and what you're wearing and yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like what you said, practicing. It made me think like, you know, when I was a little kid, I was obsessed with dress up. Mm -hmm. Like I had a huge wicker basket full of clothes. And it makes me think like, you could even do that as an adult is like play with your clothes at home, wear the dress while you do the dishes, whatever, you know, and feel how it feels or read a book, you know, and enjoy the aesthetic and gradually experience yes those clothes and the feelings that they bring and i think back to that what you said about the playing dress up i share that all the time and i think if if style is important to you it's really also just time it's it's actually taking the time it's like anything else in Mm -hmm. life like you have to schedule that right like you're not going to probably just naturally be like you know what today i'm gonna play in my wardrobe that is that is not going to happen for most people right so if if it is important to you it's like you know what i'm going to spend 20 minutes trying a new outfit on today or finding inspiration. You know, if you see an outfit that you like, where can you find that in your own closet? What do you like about that outfit? And then go to your closet and say, like, how can I make this work for myself my own and what I already own, you know? And it is. It's like you put that in your calendar. It's like anything else of just you've got to schedule or else it doesn't happen often, I think, for most people, right? I mean, you know, you're so right. And I think that that's probably as much of a key to unlocking this stuff as anything else yeah. is – People probably reach out to you and they invest in your services because it, in a lot of ways, protects their time. It is 90% why people hire me. You spend that time for them in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, that is really important is that we're putting our time up against the things that really matter to us. Yeah. And spending less of our time on the things that that don't like scrolling. Yes, right. It's so true, though. But no, yeah. absolutely. People hire me as a shortcut. There's no question. Mm-hmm. That is that is why a lot of people hire me. Yeah, mm. because they don't have time to sift through ten pages of thread up, or they don't want to. Or if they do, then they get it and they're like, "Oh, I actually don't even like that." You know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Um, Hannah, it's been so awesome talking with you today. If listeners want to connect with you further, where can they find you? I'm pretty much everywhere. Hannah Lee style, Hannah without an H. So 
Hannah, Lisa, I think I'll be in the show notes too, right? Yeah, definitely. Social media. I hang out probably the most social media wise on Instagram currently, uh, mm-hmm. but always my email list too. I send a lot of fun videos and all that kind of those tips, easy tips to look put together and stylish. Yeah. Awesome. And I can't recommend Hannah's Instagram enough. I think there's a plethora of accessible outfits, accessible styling, accessible options, wearing something more than once in many different ways. You're a master at that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks so much for coming on the show. It was really, really great to talk to you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. All right, everyone. That wraps up today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Erin. I really appreciate, as we said before, the time that you're spending here on the show. I know it's a precious resource to you. Please be kind to yourself and think about the ways that you're getting in your own way and uh, do what you can to go after the things that you really, really want and the things that are really important. Before I close out, I want to remind you, you're doing such a good job and I will talk to you again later. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Medium Lady Talks, created and produced by me, Erin Vandeman. If you want more of the general vibe, gratitude, and encouragement from this episode, please come and find me on Instagram at medium.lady. And since you've made it to the end, I'd love to get to know you even better. Screenshot this episode so you can share it on Instagram and be sure to tag me so that we can chat. Thanks for listening. Remember, you're doing such a good job. Your place in this world can only be filled by you. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.